Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome back to the China Shop, or for the first time, I don't know if you, you're new here. I'm Shopkeeper Dan, with me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNipsu.com. Sorry for missing out last week, I was laid up with the flu, but we're back at it today. Couldn't even drag yourself out of bed to just record something. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It must have been really bad. That is, that is only the first show we think we've missed in a year though, so I guess I'll get over it. <laughs> Dear listeners, I did feel bad. Like, as I'm laying there sick, I'm like, I've got a show. To, the show must go on. Oh, it was eating me up the whole time. I kept, I, I don't know how many times I texted you asking you if you're feeling better. I was like, can we just record something? Like, can we get something out? We can get something out Monday if we record it now. Anyway, <laughs> we're back at it. Come on in the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. Uh, welcome to any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way to complete set of fine China, sharing those ever-growing strategies for maximizing gains and cutting losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our Knowledge Center on FinancialNeptitude.com or give one of our beginner trading episodes a listen. We have all those links in the episode description. Best place to be, in our opinion though, is uh, get on our Discord server. Kyle and I get on there every day of the, the week, Monday through Friday at least. Uh, we're, we're doing the voice channel now. Oh yeah, every day. Chat, chatting about futures every day. Uh, it's really just an awesome place to be. Also, um, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, we started tagging each of the episodes on the uh, episode art. So if it's a beginner episode, it'll have a little thing saying that. If it's a special guest, it'll have that. Oh, sweet. So I guess you didn't notice it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I actually, I, I did notice on uh, the, the Change Bridge episode. I was like, oh, look at that cool logo update. Right. It's a special guest. Uh, there's no there's no balls on the bowl yet, but uh, maybe that'll be a poll question one of these days. <laughs> Do we put testicles on the bull? I mean, uh, <laughs> it seems like it probably should, huh? It probably should. Uh, but... <laughs> All right, so uh, when you do join that Discord server, you'll get exclusive access to all the different bull testicle artwork we put up there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> send us a private message or email with your mailing address. Uh, we can send you a smash-it-yourself coffee mug and shot glass straight from the shop. Uh, we're just all really glad everybody's here. We just have a lot of fun. Always better with friends. Uh, and Kyle, other than uh, me getting over an illness and coming back, uh, we got any show news? Um, well, let me double check here. This is from last week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we finally got the Change Bridge episode out last week. Uh, really, yes. Really glad that we finally got able to make that happen. Uh, I think you probably got your hot sauce pack. I just got mine. Mm -hmm. So for our end of month review this week, we'll be doing the five wing hot ones challenge with sauces ranging from like probably like Tabasco level all the way up to fuck me. What am I doing with my life? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. We, we had to add one hotter. Thanks to George Papazov from straight pro Academy. Okay. Also, uh, also this month we've got Alan Sama, uh, Deborah Ellis, Matt Rayner, and I think you have a crypto friend that we're going to be talking to yes yes we'll see if that works out anyway <laughs> <laughs> we have a calm collected cunty show for you today that's the australian endearing term dan's my cunt endearing term endearing term yeah yeah you're my cunt bro <laughs> straight up Is that how they, that's how they uh, use it right yeah i think so uh, we got lots of market news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than somebody in America looking for a job. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. So reach out to us. We just love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook, Discord. Uh, got those links in the episode description. If you're old school, send us an email, the number two bulls at financialineptitude.com, or give us a phone call, 725 22 bulls. 
Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Oh, ooh, I got or one. Maybe. I got one. I got, oh, I got oh. it. Maybe, maybe you just lost your virginity, but you also found out that it was to your dad's lover, uh, like back when he was before you were born. So you're having to wipe your mind, but you want to send yourself a message to make sure that you document this momentous occasion. Oh God! Why do I feel like I know this? Because you do. It's Venture Brothers. Oh shit! Fucking <laughs> Venture Brothers. I've been I've been rewatching those. <laughs> oh, that oh, love that show. That show is dynamite. Kyle, what are we gonna do about these bet results? I think since we didn't do an episode, uh, we didn't get a chance to make a new pick. Um, I say we just uh, end it for last week. Mm, okay. So just take the numbers as of last Friday, and then that's where things stand. Because it's not gonna <sighs> matter if we roll it forward another week or not. Uh, but I already have the numbers calculated for just the week. Okay. Well, <laughs> how did we do? Well, uh, I had BP that uh, I think it lost me about uh, seven bucks, so I finished at four sixty six seventy two. You had Disney that stopped you out, so you finished at four ninety six forty seven. Oh. Random had CAE, which uh, I think it it opened at thirty nine uh, thirty one oh nine, closed at thirty thirty, but uh, Random is still sitting at five thirty one forty seven. I have never felt so demoralized when it comes to stock picking. What's really annoying is that uh, my pick for last week, had we done a show, would have been to short DWAC, that Trump backs back, <laughs> which oh, opened that, Monday. That it opened Monday at 120. Uh, I think it finished at around 70. Oh, my God. Yeah. So these consequences oh. are on you. And uh, I think we might as well just reveal them at the end of the episode. When we make our bet, we'll tell you what they are. Because we're going to be, it's going to be too hot in our mouths to talk about anything show related on the month review. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. I, I shouldn't feel bad because if you're if you're making your stock picks off a technical analysis, you are not having an arbitrary buy at the open on Monday mentality. Exactly. That does, exactly. That's that's what makes this so difficult. But it also makes it fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I don't want to stop, even though God, we keep losing the random. I was thinking maybe next year we might actually just do it as like a small account challenge. Okay. Where we each start putting fund a five hundred dollar TD Ameritrade account and then just try to work it up. Well, otherwise, we're going to have to change the name of the show to Random Kicks Our Ass. That's been the name of the show, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then uh, we did have a poll from the week before, uh, wondering whether or not we should uh, back the random stock with real money. Uh, That was a 67% Mm -hmm. yes, 33% no. Oh. So, yeah, people think that we should probably actually just bet on the random. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It looks like we're going to have to. I think when we, if we do a small count challenge, uh, we'll kick that around. Maybe uh, work out some of the details on that. But if we do, then yeah, I'll fund a, I'll fund a random account and just uh, just do whatever trades random wants. Yeah, well, we'll have to talk about all those details off air. Yes. Uh, and until then, let's talk about some news. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The shop is bursting with the week to replay. The story that I most enjoyed reading this week was uh, the S&P 500, mm-hmm. which, uh, it, you know, obviously we all know is an index, but they are also a company. There is a company behind the index to decide who's on the index oh really i guess that makes sense they're strenuously denying uh an explosive allegation that companies can buy their way into the index hmm really it was a it was a paper by uh national bureau of economic research the let's the what the abstract for the paper is while major stock market indices are followed by large monetary investments we document that membership decisions for the s p 500 have a non-trivial amount of discretion we show that firms purchases of s p ratings appear to improve their chance of entering the index but purchases of moody's ratings do not hmm. so hmm. so the paper is saying like when we run the numbers it looks like if you pay the s p to give your business a credit rating you're more likely to get included. Uh, I mean, that just seems like smart business. <laughs> Look, I mean, what is this, the value of this thing? That's like $13.5 trillion worth benchmarked on this index. I mean, that's true. 
anytime you're talking yeah. about that kind of money, like there's no ethics anymore. <laughs> That's my feelings on it. What's that movie, Way of the Gun, when they're talking about $15 million? Like $15 million isn't money anymore. Now it's a, it becomes a motive. Yeah, of course, the S&P is like, look, our global ratings and our indices are two different businesses. They don't even talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the big takeaway for me is, regardless of whether or not the S&P is doing this, clearly companies trying to get on the S&P believe that they're doing it and mm -hmm. will purchase ratings. So it's, it's boosting their global rating company. Does it say what the... The statistical percentage, I guess you have to read the actual paper. And the paper hasn't been peer-reviewed yet either, too. So I, I could download a PDF of the paper, but I didn't want to read a fucking economics paper. That shit's boring. That's good for when you need to take a nap. There you go. Sleeping <laughs> <at night. Yep. laughs> well, what, uh, what, what stories do you got for us? Well, this one was from last week that we didn't get a chance to talk about, but it was still kind of a big deal, I think. Um, the one about the Fed banning policymakers from owning individual stocks. Mm, yes. Uh, it's sad that it takes a fucking scandal for something like this to finally, you know, actually come about in these types of rules. It, it, it just looks really shady when members of the Fed are purchasing, uh, you know, stocks based on like news that they're privy to or knowing what they know. They make, they, they, uh, how do you fucking even say it? Uh, Look, you remember when Pete Rose got in all that trouble for yes. betting against his baseball team? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's, it's that. <laughs> what was the other thing I was seeing too? Did I see that the Fed's Powell got in trouble for uh, for making a, a major stock transaction right before he was supposed to announce the uh, Trump telling them that uh, they weren't going to negotiate a stimulus deal until after the election? Yeah, yeah. He sold a million dollars worth of stock from his personal account October 1st, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Oh, but, oh, sorry. Between one and five million dollars. Yes. So now, I think now the next step for this is that maybe we should probably put all of Congress under the same rules. Maybe, you know, people that are going to, like, COVID meetings shouldn't be allowed to just go ahead and well, sell everything after they do a secret meeting about how bad this is going to be. It's inherently insider trading, right? Yeah, all of it. These, like, do you know, at you, this the level of government, like, that's all... Everything you... You are an insider. Yes. yes. <laughs> all of your information you get is inside information not available to the public. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think that's mm -hmm. the only reason why people try to get into politics. <laughs> <laughs> right? For the business connections? God, this is, maybe cynicism should be in our other C. <laughs> Very cynical show. A calm, collected, cynical show today. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what else you got for this week? Well, since we're talking about uh, uh, legislatures and, and government officials trading, the a, a Senator Toomey, uh, what was, where's, where's he from? Um... Uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania Senator has introduced a bill that would prevent the Securities and Exchange Commission from banning payment for order flow. Interesting. Gary Gensler has recently come out and said he's considering such a ban as part of his broader efforts. Oh, really? To reform shit. Wasn't that like one of the things he was most upset about? I thought it seemed to me he was pretty upset and like, I don't know about this payment for order flow, guys. Yeah. Uh, so so now now we've got a senator being like, hold on now. Uh, and I wonder if he's gotten any uh, economic, if Senator Toomey's gotten any economic support from uh, Robin Hood or Citadel in his election <laughs> campaigns. I wonder. I just, you know, I'm, I'm wondering out loud. Have you checked? I, I did not oh, check. Okay. I, I don't even, I'm not that involved in the politics where I don't even yeah. know where to check. Like, who's giving well, Senator Toomey money? I'm not sure that I'm necessarily convinced that payment for order flow is bad. Yeah. We were kind of discussing this a little bit when that story came out. Yeah. Because it, it, like, before this happened, like, with TD Ameritrade, you're paying $7 for every stock trade you made. And if you're someone mm -hmm. who's just starting out and only has, like, 500 bucks, That's a lot. Like, a $7 commission on, you know, $100 worth of stock is 7% of your fucking, you're trying to overcome when the market's only averaging, you know, like, 7 to 10% a year. You're taking a 1.5% haircut every time you make a trade. More than that, even. Dependent. I mean, the it's more of it's more of an effect the smaller values you're trading. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that they did come out and say that, like in Robinhood's case, like the if you were paying commissions, you would have paid less in commission. But I think that all has to do with size. I think payment for order flow is still probably a good thing if it gives the smaller investor, like the really small investor who's just starting out, the opportunity to not have to pay commissions. Because I think I think it all has to do with size. 
Oh, I, I, I actually agree. While, while I don't like Robinhood for other reasons, oh, yes. it's not exactly the payment for order flow. The fact, that, the fact of the matter is, because of payment for order flow, we've got a lot of apps where somebody can put in $100 and, and start building Right. Uh, they're they're building equity there in 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 their securities, especially the ones that allow like partial shares yeah. and and zero commissions. Like it gives somebody the ability, like oh, even if I can only put in five dollars right now, they can start building something. And I do love that. I absolutely love mm-hmm. that that word. That's where we're at. There's no excuses anymore, right? Right. Like I don't have the money to invest. Well, now you do. If you got five dollars, you can invest that somewhere, right? The problem is the problem where that comes into being an issue is whether or not that they're using that order flow. If they're using it to to make the trades for you, like you say you want to buy this stock at a ten dollars, and then you know they send it to their market maker, their market maker buys it for nine ninety, sells it to you for ten. Mm-hmm. You still get the price that you put in. Yeah, you could have gotten it a little bit cheaper. Yeah, maybe. The problem is when you put a stop limit in. Like if everybody, if all those stops are going to the market maker and they're seeing like, oh, well, if we just sell a big bulk of the shares that we're holding, we can drop it below this. Get everybody stopped out. This, these limits get a stop run to run, and then we can buy it back and make a quick little profit. That is a problem. Absolutely. But uh, is there any evidence that that's happening? Um, I, I haven't seen anything specifically. The other thing, the other side of that too, is like the more that we learn, the more we go through these courses and learn about like how to actually be successful traders, you don't need that information. You can just look at a chart and be like, here's the stops. <laughs> right. You, you don't actually know where there are, but but you can guess where they are from where you should be putting them. <laughs> you can get them in a pretty good range or pretty close range. <laughs> we were just looking at Disney and I was like, well, everybody's got their stops at 167, Kyle. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, a long winded way of saying that not necessarily against payment for order flow. It can be abused, but... Its existence itself is not negative. Yeah. If you are a trader who's, I think if you're moving some big size, you're probably not using one of these apps anyway. So yeah, yeah. Uh, more than likely, that's not really hurting you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what other, what are the stories you got? Um, there's saw some more stuff going on about Evergrande. And this is, this is also still a little bit older. Uh, and there was a couple other uh, companies that were looking like, uh, there's a couple other property developers that are in default too. Um, this is from the 23rd, so it's about a week old. Uh, I'm trying to find the names of the other companies. Wasn't one like uh, Fairy Tale, Fantasia, or something? Fantasia, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Fantasia was one. Where's? Uh, yeah, Fantasia was the most troubling one. It failed to pay a 206 million dollar bond that matured on October 4th. Uh, the thing that was kind of troubling about this one was that there was no liquidity issues. According to the company, they just referred or reassured all their investors two weeks before that. Oh, so Fantasia is a lot <laughs> smaller, but they're starting to see there's there's more companies that are they're kind of wobbling or looking looking uh, uh, like they're not doing so well either. But that leads into <laughs> right. another thing that I saw this week that <laughs> just really made me laugh. This only happens in China. Uh, so when your company owns owes three hundred billion dollars in debt. And you, as the founder, have seven point six billion. It's not very often your country comes and tells you, like, "Hey, you got lots of money. Why don't you use some of that to pay your debt? Pay your company's debts." <laughs> like if if Tesla was like defaulting on a loan, and someone went to Musk and was like, "Hey, uh, you got lots of money. Why don't you uh, why don't you go ahead and just pay that? <laughs> pay Tesla's loan." I mean, that ah, I like, like on one hand, like uh, I don't know. I on the hand, it's don't like the government it kind of makes getting sense. involved but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does but that's the whole reason why you start a company <laughs> is to uh, right. separate your financial obligations your personal ones from your company ones so yeah if you're looking to start a company don't start it in china what what makes me laugh is this like I guarantee at least half, if not more, of that $7.6 billion value is Evergrande shares. Oh, it's probably most of it. <laughs> so it's like, you got this money, like, who's buying Evergrande stock right now? Really? Yeah. Is he going to be able to liquidate those? Uh, uh, no, no. No. Not for not that happening. price. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I just think that's hilarious, though. Yeah. Hey, you got lots of money. Why don't you just use some of that? Every billionaire in China right now is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I will say I, I identify with China in, in that uh, during, the, during the lockdown when the hotel was struggling, they cut everybody's hours. Mm-hmm. 
because they, they couldn't afford payroll. Yeah. And at the same time, the owner decided to buy another hotel. Mm-hmm. And that definitely made me angry. Didn't he also put himself like, on the payroll, too? So that way uh, he can collect those uh, small business. I mean... <laughs> the protection, the payroll protection plan. I'm assuming that's what it was for. <laughs> apparently, apparently they, they had always been oh, on the okay. payroll. Right, it's, it's just... Uh, uh, I found out that the different account, the accountant was sending the checks to a different place. But yes, yes, has himself on the payroll. Did not cut back his own hours, mind you. <laughs> just, just all the people actually working at the place. The, the the steel mill I was working for was having a bunch of liquidity issues. We weren't paying any of our vendors, but yet the parent company was still snapping up distressed mills across the world. Right. The well, same thing. Like, where are you getting the money to buy this? And committing yeah. millions of dollars to refurnishing <laughs> it too. I sympathize with China a little bit. <laughs> You're using our bonus money to pay the debts. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute, guys. Like, that's our money. Well, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got one more, one more story. Uh, which one? Daniel Alpert, managing partner at Westwood Capital and a senior fellow of macroeconomics at Cornell Law School, says we're not U.S. isn't experiencing a great resignation. Uh, really? It's not a labor shortage. Really? It's, Yeah. Yeah, um, he's 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 saying uh, that that's a lazy phrase. It okay. doesn't get to the heart of the matter. What's the heart of the matter then? Uh, the, the the five trillion that the government spent in the pandemic stimulus gave many low paid Americans a financial buffer. Mm -hmm. uh, so it gave people the impression they can afford to be choosy and they don't have to take the first job offer. And that that buffer is about to run out, and he is certain we're about to see a, a hiring frenzy into the new year. Man, I don't know that I believe that. I I I don't. <laughs> that stimulus money was gone for most people as soon in as May. They, <laughs> as soon as they got it, yeah, and a lot of that money was yeah. already earmarked for bills that they needed to pay, waiting to get that stimulus. I don't think I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that either. That's why. That's why when I read it, I was like, "Oh wow, I've got to talk about that." Yeah, and it, well, that's just, the crazy thing is like the all the advanced supplemental unemployment insurance is over. It's been over. It's been over for a while. For yeah, I think the last of it lapsed on September sixth. Yeah. Um, and so he's saying they're just coasting on on savings. I was like, who the fuck saves their money these days? <laughs> I mean, I do, but I know I'm in the minority. <laughs> I think if you listen to this show, you probably do. I don't. <laughs> I could die tomorrow. I got to spend that shit. Right? <laughs> so he thinks it's just a big game of chicken. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily wrong in that case. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just. <laughs> he, it sounds like he's betting. Yeah. It sounds like he's betting on the companies coming out on top of that. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. He definitely is. While, while I do, uh, do agree that. Uh, the advanced this the stimulus gave people more options mm -hmm. um it did i don't think i don't think we're at that point anymore like i think that's talking about the way things were six months ago i don't think it's talking about the way things are right now right oh, uh, let's move on yeah i think we spent enough right, time right yeah Just a big mistake And up over your head Drowning in those rates and fees Someone left unsaid Who's the right kind of lender To find the thing that fits your needs And you just have to call her Cause you know that she was born to be She's a loan maker Dream banker Dead saver, won't you call her up and see? She's a loan maker, dream maker. Two bulls in a china Dead shop saver, is proudly brought to you by the inimitable Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of people, uh, whether purchasing homes, refinancing homes, even doing reverse mortgages. She's got the skills. To help you pay your bills. Licensed in 25 states and growing. Is that, is that a good, good phrase? Should I, can I throw that phrase in there? I mean, just, 
Yeah, I think she is has it, those skills. Is it is it logical? Okay. Okay. I mean, honestly, if you if you have credit issues, you can call her. She'll help you through that. <laughs> <laughs> She's just a fucking great lady. Yeah. She's licensed in 27 states. Reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her, just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or you can shoot her an email, S-P-U-L-L-E-N, at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 2060048. That email again is S-P-U-L-L-E-N, S-Pullen, at fairwaymc.com. That phone number is 520-977-7904. And two bulls in a china shop is a proud partner i even dare say using george's own words of trade pro academy yes uh trade pro academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trade development programs to new and experienced traders uh meaning that you can learn to trade like big institutions are they've got a great staff of highly knowledgeable successful traders there's no better place that we've found to learn all you need to know to be a successful trader just look at us we're almost successful Uh, you can find them online at tradeproacademy.com or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description. And after months of hard negotiations and raking George over the coals, we finally managed to get that 10% discount. Uh, if you join our Discord, you'll find one of the channels in there is our affiliate links. Uh, there'll be instructions on there to get your 10% discount if you do sign up through that. You have to use those links, though, in the Discord. I, uh, we can't we can't just give them out on the on the air. No. You got you got to work for it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of work. You got to want it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to. <laughs> uh, yes, do yourself a favor, and uh, you, you, Trade Pro is just the coolest, best system I found. You can watch those videos, but uh, yeah, get educated before you dive in. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, like just the even just the foundations course is well worth the money. And if you've looked at other ones too, like a lot of these are, I mean, you'd look at the price tag on this and you think like, damn, that's expensive. But man, if you look at it, what everybody else is charging, like they're yeah. definitely on the affordable bargain end of the spectrum. Yeah. George is passionate about teaching, teaching people that his knowledge, he really does. That's what he cares about. He, he wants to inform you. Okay. Should we talk about a few stocks? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about some stocks. On the Discord, he he shared uh, a story earlier this week about uh, the Tesla Hertz deal uh, as it was breaking. Uh, Hertz announced that they want to buy a hundred thousand Teslas by the end of twenty twenty two. God damn, Tesla broke eleven hundred on that news. They did. They hit a one trillion dollar valuation. It's the second company to do uh, that, right after Apple. Yeah, but I think I think Microsoft just. Just passed, surpassed oh, Apple. Oh, they did. Interesting. Yeah, There's a big old gap there um, too at uh, 900. It might be. Oh, it just gapped right up. Good. Yeah, this might be a good <laughs> short play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Volume I mean, is coming down after that initial surge. Uh, how much? What kind of volume do we have on the pro? Not a lot. It's just. Oh. That'd be an all or nothing. That'd be an all or nothing if I was to do something like that. Um. Yeah. It's. It's been just a. Just a fucking galloping horse upward. God, no I mean, it had, it had had one pullback from eleven hundred down to to one thousand, and now it's back up to eleven hundred. It's a big psychological number. It is. It is. Have you looked at the weekly candle chart? Uh, I'm a, no, I was looking at the Just daily. Like, oh, good oh, lord! Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, you see a candle like that, that should keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I'm I'm ready to short that one. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I wish I'd done the math to see um, the the Warren Buffett calculation. Like, if you bought every share of Tesla, how long the earnings per share would take to pay off the investment? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> last time I did the math, it was 450 years, and now I'm starting to think it's probably over 600. It's probably closer to like the heat death of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, finally, it was worth buying the Tesla. Yes. Uh, you had some other news on Amazon, too, didn't you? Didn't I see Amazon picking up? Oh, yeah. Speaking of electric vehicles, uh, Amazon has disclosed a 20% stake in Rivian Electric Motors. Uh, and Rivian's about to do their IPO. That's uh, Amazon's got an interesting chart pattern that they're... I'm looking at the oh. chart right now. I mean, there's some real solid support at 31.75, but they just had earnings. Looks like it was a miss. Uh, but I'm guessing when that news came out, that's what caused it to bounce yesterday. Did that just come out? Um, this article came out October 29th. 29th. Okay. Yeah. So that just came out. Yeah. It was fallen. Mm-hmm. It was fallen after earnings, and then that news came out, and that kind of saved it. It looked like. But it's been kind of consolidating with this kind of descending triangle pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're still you know closer to their fifty for to their all time high than their than anything else. You know, I think uh, watching this, I'd want to see it break thirty five fifty before I'd want to do anything, and then I'd also be watching to see if it broke below thirty one seventy five. Does that look reasonable? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. So it's like right in between the, those two spots. Yeah, not a good spot to play. That's really solid volume though on those candles. I like the support that we're getting at thirty-one seventy-five. Yeah, if I was to want to pick up something, that'd be about the time when I'd want to. I'd either be looking yeah. to get long there or above that. What's interesting to me about the Amazon chart, though, is it keeps peaking below the two hundred day moving average, mm-hmm. the exponential moving average. Uh, I don't like that. Right. <laughs> like it's got good support, but you know, usually it's a company that's on a strong run. Uh, it's not going to touch the 200. Well, is it like, touching the 100? Is is this the thing? Is it holding support on a different one? No, the 200 is the bottom one, at least on my charts. Hmm. All right. Um, there's one other stock that was mentioned by uh, one of our friends on Facebook. I think Jeremy. Uh, he was asking what was going on with DWAC last week. Mm-hmm. That's that spac that uh, uh, like Trump backs announced some kind wait, of deal. Wait. Went fucking through. I think he was asking about it when it was at forty, and I, I was trying to explain to him what a spac was, and we learned a little bit about it, but we kind of slacked on following up on that. I know one of our other uh, fans really likes spacs. Yeah. But the way I was trying to explain it to him is it's like a different way of like IPOing. So when you see a company announce a deal and you see all that frenzy into it, like it's just like trying to buy an IPO. Like for me, that's I'll stay away from that. Now, I will say that if uh, that was if I was allowed to make a bet last week, I was planning on shorting it <laughs> uh, when something and you would have done gangbusters when something sees the kind of buying volume that that saw. I think it peaked at yeah. 275. Like, who is left to buy that? That's the thing that nobody really seems to think about. And that George first explained it to us the first time we ever had him on the show. Like, once mm-hmm. everybody buys the stock, there's no more there's no more sellers. You posted a thing on this from Reddit the other day that, that was titled The Market is Wrong, I think, where somebody was oh, complaining yeah. about, like, great earnings and then the stock didn't go up. Well, if yeah, everybody yeah. bought the stock before the earnings, there's nowhere for it to go anymore. Nobody else wants to buy it. There's nowhere left for it to go. Uh-huh. If everybody has the same uh-huh. idea, then they're, they're all sellers now. Yep. It doesn't kick into people's minds. Think about it this way. If you, beca- if you buy a stock, you're now a seller of that stock. You are looking for an opportunity to sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, otherwise, how are you going to make any money? Yeah. Is d- die holding the stock? <laughs> so, anyway, so when it comes to like trading something like DWEC, um, it falls into the same boat of trading an IPO. Like You need time for the technicals to start to form if you want to try to analyze it and that sort of aspect. Mm-hmm. So not really something that I want to pay attention to. I'd like to let it you know, get six months worth of you know support structures building out and see where the stock wants to be before I try to trade anything on it. Yeah, the the day before that announcement, their average volume was seven hundred thousand. The day of that announcement, it was five hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, no more. Who buyers. the fuck is left no to buy? Buyers. Who's left to buy? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is the short answer to that. <laughs> they 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 all fucking bought. <laughs> all right, I got one other stock I wanted to look at uh, if we have time, and yeah. that was Nike. Nike. And uh, I don't remember why I pulled it. Every now and then I go back through and look at some of the charts that I put thrown on my watch list from way back when, just because I like to see how the levels work. Like when you once you've drawn them out, yeah, go back and see if they're holding or if you know, just see how it interacts with them if they need to be adjusted. Or, but you find a lot of the times, like, oh damn, they work so well. 
Yeah. Like we both, I think, had a support drawn somewhere around 146 to 144 area. And right. If you look back at the end of September, I mean, that's exactly where it bottomed out at and made this real nice V-shaped recovery. So, so I drew that that box. I want to say at the beginning of the like in March when it had that was the top of Nike, right? Mm-hmm. 146. And it had triple topped and then it, it like went down. Like that's the first time I drew that that oh, zone. Yeah, okay. And yep. then uh and then here we are in, in October. It just it, that same same zone, it got all the way down there, and guess what? I have a bunch of buyers stepped in and was like, Yep, this is a good time to buy Nike. And yeah, like you said, big V. But also too we're, we're, look at that fucking jump from the earnings on the twenty fourth, twenty fifth of uh June. September june oh june yeah that giant gap up that massive gap up that's why when we look at a big gap like that like we're always looking to see when it's going to get filled yeah it, it was a one 134 to 150 dollars yeah jesus 16 dollars yep a 15 percent gap that's incredible yeah they nailed those earnings yeah nobody thought they were doing good on those earnings do you think people buying it when it was up over 170 were thinking it was going to come back down <laughs> no <laughs> No, no. You know what I always say? I like to buy the top and sell the bottom because <laughs> I don't want to keep it in an account. Hey. It's too risky. Got to get rid of that money right away. Well, okay. So part of the reason why I want to look at this stock is just at where it's trending right now. So we had that nice V bottom recovery, and I was also mm-hmm. liking the way the volume was starting to increase on this leg up. Yeah, yeah. But now I flip to yeah. the daily, and it doesn't quite look as impressive. It looks like the volume's actually been decreasing over that entire run up. It was just that last mm-hmm. day. Yeah, well, somebody's stepping on the gas again. They just started to. We'll have to watch that. Um, there's an interesting level at about 168. If it can break above that, then we might be looking to push all-time highs again around 174. But, yeah, pay attention to that volume and that 168 level. If uh, if that breaks with volume, then, then uh, yeah, this run might continue. Go, go, Nike. Otherwise, watch for a fall right back down. <laughs> <laughs> right back down. I I think I think it's got some some support at 160. We'll see. Uh, I was looking sure. at 156. 160. Right, well, yeah, so 160. we're looking for support between 156 to 160. Yeah. Yep. See if we find it. All right. Anything else? Uh-huh. Uh, I guess we got some earnings we can cover. Only because Disney's so disappointing. <laughs> did they? Uh, yeah, they did I have think- their earnings, didn't they? No, the Disney's earnings are uh, November 10th. Oh, okay. So a week from now. Next week, um, we'll, t- we'll cover them. And I think people are, are, I think it's getting priced in a miss because of all this downward movement since, uh, I don't know, September. Disney's <laughs> another interesting one. I was actually eyeing whether or not I wanted to buy some calls on it uh, as it was bouncing off that 169 level. Then I saw it broke below that, but... Disney looks really weak. Every time it bounces off of that support, it's coming up. It's a lower high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am bearish on Disney. I, I, don't, I think ugh. I am, too. I want to see a break below 167. I think if it breaks below that, then we might have a rundown. To Look out below. There was that huge gap up at the end of last year from... 156 to 167 so and it kind of filled it a little bit (laughs) back in january but yeah there's not a whole lot of support once you get below 167 it's you're looking at like 155 before it starts to find buyers again i think it's it's a gamble but uh because of the earnings play but with this kind of downward momentum heading into earnings uh I feel like any good news is going to shoot this shit back up to 180. Yes, if everyone's already sold it, yeah. Everybody's already sold. Disney puts out some good news. It's, it is, yeah, they're going to rush to get back in. Yep. So, I mean, part of me is like, oh, I buy some calls the day before earnings, Dan, but ah. Uh, That's gambling, Dan. Just wait till the call, or wait till it happens. I love gambling. Wait till it happens and then just ride the momentum. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. You'll know the direction. That's what I need to do. You'll know where it's going. I will know the direction immediately. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Should we talk about some earnings? My motto's always been when I'm right, it's... 
it's right So I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day And we know the coming earnings gonna move it my way Skyrockets in sight Earnings call to light Uh, yeah. uh, the first we've got Clorox. Second we've got British Petroleum, T-Mobile, Zillow, and Activision. Uh, mm. The third we've got Etsy, Norwegian Cruise Line, Fastly, and Roku. Uh, on the fourth we've got Moderna, Piton, Airbnb, Uber, Pens, and the fifth we've got Coinbase and DraftKings. So a lot of big uh, tech names coming up this week. I guess those all fall under tech, right? sound like tech to me yeah. so there was a lot of tech earnings that came out last week let's see if the the run can continue it's 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 hard to to wrap your head around the earnings movement until you realize that a lot of it is priced in mm-hmm. before the earnings yep. like those expectations like uh like you're talking about that that thing i, I posted somebody somebody posted on reddit um, I should probably pull it up on the Discord so I can give you their their Reddit username. But yeah, they were they were complaining about like this bank smashed their earnings and their their stock went nowhere. Like, what's wrong with this market? What was the stock? It's like uh, it was one of the banks. Um, yeah, the market is wrong. User college finance <laughs> underscore guy. Uh, Visa. He said he's like Visa reported their earnings were a hit. They did great. EPS way up. Revenue up. Not only thing, they're raising their dividend for investors, paying even more for owning shares. Market opens today, and they're down 5%. I mean, on, on the run-up from the 14th to, let's see, the day of, yeah, goddamn. I mean, it went from 220 up to 234 before the earnings. Right? <laughs> 236. Yeah, everybody bought it, buddy. Everybody already bought it. They already it. bought it. And then once everybody <laughs> yeah. starts selling... Then it's just it's just instinct that it fears is scary when your stock is screaming down. Everybody's rushing to sell. Mm-hmm. Fear is more stronger than greed. Fear <laughs> is stronger than greed. Um. Wow. Now that we're pulling open the Visa chart, uh, I actually think I really want to buy it. Yeah, could be a gr- buy great it. time to buy. Yes. <laughs> 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 you buy this shit at 210 you're gonna be doing all right <laughs> yes in fact i think i'll be doing that this week i'll probably be picking up some, <laughs> maybe some leap calls on them right uh there i i i believe visa will get back up to 250 big gap it needs sure. to fill there too big gap 225 up all to right, yeah, let's do 230 it. let's do it mm-hmm, glad mm-hmm. we looked at that one anyway all right right <laughs> let's move on to let's move on to some crypto we're starting to get a little long here oh it's crypto time talk about crypto time look at the news what do you see the cult of cryptocurrency mentioned it earlier the only thing i really have to talk about in crypto was uh, i was catching up with an old friend uh who casually trades crypto and they were like yeah i cost average in between on bitcoin between 30 grand and 40 grand awesome. and now it's up to over 60 i was like that's so great yeah. sell half of it and you're you you can't even lose and yes <laughs> yes he's like oh no i th- it's gonna break a hundred thousand i'll sell it then Oh, just take some profit, man. Please, please, you're killing me. No, I got a target. I'm fine. Have some scratch to buy it when it goes back down. Like, don't... Oh, man. So I was like, yeah, you don't have to sell all of it. Sell half of it, and then it goes back down. Get back in. If not, it goes up to 100. Great. You, you made money both times. This is the second person you've had this discussion with, isn't it? So I feel yeah. like you've had this discussion. I feel like we talked about this before. Maybe not on the air, but... We talked about it off air. It's the, 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 it was the same same thing. Exactly. The, the new discussion I had about about crypto, uh, talking to a different friend who is thinking about you know, he just got an inheritance and he wants to grow it, obviously. Yes. Uh, and he's got some friends pushing crypto, 
And they're literally telling him, just close your eyes and buy, because crypto is only going to go up. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, we're, we, it just hit a top and it's on its way down. Like, I don't, like, just have some patience. Like, look, like, you think you like the price at 60,000. You love buying Bitcoin at, at 35,000. 40 or just 40, anything yeah, off 40, the top. Like, <laughs> like, like, if there's, if there's, and that, what, what kills me is crypto is more volatile than your average stock. Right. Like pretending like it's not gonna see a big rundown? Are you kidding me? How many giant rundowns have we seen Bitcoin do? Uh, a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it just frustrates me. And and I I don't I and I always say like don't take my word for it. Go educate yourself. Yeah. Go educate yourself. Yeah. Go get some education. You don't even have to do it in Trade Pro, the one I push. Like like whatever. Yeah. Just go go out and educate yourself before you make these decisions. Of, what I consider classic retail mistakes, buying at the top, not taking a profit because you're euphoric. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then the day, it's like, come on. Telling, I think you're even telling him, like, who do you think is selling it to you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like who, you're at the top. Who's who's selling it to you? The people bought it at 30,000. Come on. Yeah, and they're going to buy it back from you when it drops back down there. Exactly. Exactly. That. <laughs> this is what the market does. You want to be on the other side of it. That's a great way to think about it, though. Like, think about who you're buying your shares from when you're wanting to get long on a company. And if you're buying it from yep. somebody who bought it at a really nice dip, like, nah, maybe you might want to wait for a dip of your own. Exactly. You want to be buying it from the people who are scrambling to get rid of it, not the people who are banking a massive profit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, kind of tying into that, then I guess we can uh, talk about this. So the crypto uh, mana is one that I purchased back when I first started experimenting with uh, crypto. Um, yeah. Man, it shot up uh, this last couple days, and it's all based on this stupid Facebook news because Facebook is renaming itself Meta, which fucking yes, so douchey, <laughs> so douchey. It it me it. it Made me laugh because apparently in Hebrew it means dead, but uh, continue. <laughs> so apparently because they're branding themselves as a metaverse company, any crypto that's metaverse related has been like skyrocketing. Yeah. So uh, I was looking at the price of Decentraland mana this morning and I saw a, I saw a, a, a high from uh, a couple of weeks, probably about the time when I first bought it because I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just like, I'll just buy this and buy this and buy this. Uh, so it definitely it broke that top. Uh, I think it peaked at like two seventy nine or maybe even over three dollars at some point. But I, I, I sold at seventy percent. I sold the gains that I had on it from what I'd made, and I just rolled it right into Cardano, uh, which is the one that nice. I had that's actually down. Cardano was up fifty uh, percent from when I bought it at one point. I took the profits out of that and rolled it into Ethereum when it was down. So that's kind of what I've been doing uh, as far as like trading these crypto coins. I've got like three main ones that I try, I trade mana just cause I like the concept of it. Cardano because it's more, uh, uh, friendly as far as like environmentally it's supposed to be one of the sustainable ones. And then, mm. uh, Ethereum just cause it seems to be the one that everything's based off of. So anytime one of them yeah. breaks a new high, I'm just taking some profit out of it. And then I'm putting it into one of the other ones that's depressed at the time. And I'll just keep doing that. And hopefully keep making a little bit of scratch on it i mean it's not a huge account but it, I mean, it might get there someday you keep pulling that off i mean yeah but if you keep doing i'm doing like what we say what you're telling your friend to do like we don't just yeah. say it we, we try to do it yes yes uh i know that my own trading is a lot better when i sell when it's up and i buy when it's down <laughs> <laughs> apparently Buying when it's up and selling when it's down is, is not making me money. If you're invested in uh, any of these coins that have skyrocketed, uh, yeah, sell it now well, to the euphoric people trying to rush in. Mm -hmm. It'll mm -hmm. come back down. You can trade it in. You can buy it again. Look, and here's the thing is, is even if that one coin doesn't ever go down, there are so many coins. Like there's always another opportunity mm -hmm. for, like, for the love of God. Uh, that psychological uh, event of, 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 getting caught up in like this is my only chance if i if i sell my bitcoin at sixty thousand and it goes up to a hundred thousand oh i've i've i lost money no you didn't no. you didn't lose anything no there's gonna be another opportunity in fact if you you've made money god i taught we talked to uh when we had the the dentist on 
Dr. G. Yeah. I think that was yeah. some of the best advice that we've ever gotten. And that's, I don't mind sharing that one. Uh, to, if you want to be serious about trading, take a three week, do a three week challenge where you do nothing but observe. You don't think about entries. Mm -hmm. You don't sim trade. You don't do any trading. Just watch the fucking markets. Watch it and as it happens. Yeah. The, I think the number one thing that I learned when I was doing that for the, the futures courses that we've been doing is that there's always another opportunity. Always, always, always. <laughs> no, they're not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, all right, shut down the markets. We're done. Everybody's made enough money. Everybody's lost enough money. Let's just, we'll call it. Yeah, not happening. And, and if it does happen, we got bigger problems. Yeah. Stop worrying about your bank account. Yep. Start buying ammo. Get some guns. The zombies are coming. Ammo's the new currency. Yeah. 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 What was it uh, uh, that... That they, I think I sent you where the guy was talking about like somebody somebody got robbed and and was getting robbed and the the victim shot the guy robbing him and was like had lost more money in the ammo than he had in his wallet. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <damn> it. <laughs> so just giving him the money. It's cheaper. <laughs> uh, reach for him, Dan. Oh fuck. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah, I was I was pretty sick. I would say since I got two weeks worth, my good is uh, my personal development. Mm -hmm. When I started feeling better, um, I actually listened to the Anthony Fatsy's what uh, WT Finance, what the Finance podcast, mm -hmm. where he interviewed George. Uh, really made me smile just to be like. Hey, we have both these guys on our show, and we connect connected. Well, Kyle connected them, yeah. um, uh, and what he was saying and about like going live with futures. Um, like I felt like I've made made some psychological breakthroughs in in my own journey and process that that felt really good. Yeah. I was able to I was able to sit down that day, and uh, I think I had three wins in a row uh, as I kept trying to recenter myself and and get in my in my best self mindset um just the psychology of it all started to click right uh, a little bit more for me that felt really good and it's and it's made it me to the point where like hey monday i'm going live at this futures account you're going live you're doing it i'm doing it monday you're gonna start with the micros i am i'm gonna start with idea. the micros uh and and because the micros 10, 10 contracts equals one on the mini. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be trading uh, uh, three sets of two. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like sixty percent of the amount. Anyway, what was your good? Uh, I think it was learning the breakouts. I was resistant to it initially, but mm, yeah, I remember. But uh, I mean, I started <laughs> practicing it like what uh, like what they said to do. I'd see an opportunity where I was like, oh, this might be a, a shot for it. So I flip over to sim as I didn't trade them live because it's a new strategy i need to test it and make sure i actually do it but i don't think i had a single loss doing that maybe i had one for a couple ticks that i just scratched but i i i can attest being on the discord channel with you and and uh we're, we're talking about what's happening you're like oh 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 this is gonna be a breakout hold on hold on hold on <laughs> trade just switches him really quick there it is it's like oh shit he's happening fast <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I thought that the speed of it would be would something that probably wouldn't fit me personally, but I don't know. I feel like it's actually speaking to me the more I actually trade them. So I'm doing another week of simming them, and if I keep having the same success, then I'll probably go live to adding those to my bag of tricks. In fact, I'll probably do. I think I feel like I do that better than I do the pullback strategy, which is kind of strange. You know, everybody's got their strength, right? That's true. It just it just clicks for yeah. you. That was your bad. My bad was trying, uh, I mean, I know this was a, a week ago when I was sick, I was trying to force myself to go to work because, mm -hmm. you know, my computer's right over there and it's like, okay, I'll, I'll drag myself to the chair and I'll sit down. And uh, I was doing horrible. Uh, <laughs> it's not there. Yeah. And, and yeah, it took, took me a bit to realize like, hey, Dan, maybe this is the first job you've ever had where you can't just half-ass it, walk into work right. and get it done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you really got to be on your game every day. Every Shit. <laughs> and if you're not feeling 100%, you have to get up and step away from it. I got to get some books on sports psychology mm -hmm. this weekend. 
really, really do, because apparently that's that's what we're talking about now. It's that same performance psychology, right? Yeah. Well, mine kind of oh. ties to that too. My bad was just managing my confidence because it really feels like it's a yo-yo. You have, mm. if I have like a bad day, then like the next day, like it's still in the back of my mind and I need to hit a win in order to start to feel some more confidence again. Then I get too confident and then, then I start making bad decisions. <laughs> and it's just this yeah. crazy yo-yo of, of trying to manage that and try to keep yourself even keel. And I still haven't figured out an answer for that yet. I've been thinking, and I may have it right here, Kyle. Mm. Uh, I've been considering after every trade, win or loss, you've got to take five minutes to go cool down. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Take five minutes, reset, cool down, then then, then step, even win or loss. I should be doing a better job of journaling these things too. I've been kind of slacking on, like I get the feeling that I'm using just the Discord as like my trade journal but I'm not mm. keeping it at a spot where I can go and review it. I'm not using my actual journal. So yeah, that's a good idea. I think what I should do is just after each trade, I should take the time like I had been doing and writing down everything that got me into that trade and why it worked or why it didn't. Uh, what was your ugly? Oh, missing, missing the show. Mm. I feel like if I had, uh, if I'd admitted I was sick sooner, I would have gone out and seen a doctor and gotten some medicine and taking it seriously <laughs> right <laughs> rather than be like eh, i'm just feeling a little under the weather i'm going to keep pushing and push through the whole week and by the time i ended the week like i i ended up spending the whole weekend in bed a lot like my body was like oh you're not going to take a break well we'll make yeah. you <laughs> like fuck uh, i'm an old man ah. can't recover the same as we used to i used to bend down to pick something up and my knees wouldn't hurt as i stood back up i, I remember that <laughs> i always had trouble taking time off when i was sick before and even mm -hmm. the, the jobs i was in before like uh, somebody was relying on me if i didn't show up to work and somebody else was getting me to come in on their day off to cover and i never wanted to you know fuck somebody over unless i really absolutely had to yeah like me just sitting in a chair, cold sweating and <laughs> unable to move is still better than screwing somebody else over. I could still function enough to do my job if I had to. Yeah. But now, yeah. now and if I take a day off, like I'm, like it feels even worse. Yes. That's where I was at. But you know what? Ultimately, and this is why it's ugly, by not taking the days off of trading, I fucked myself twice. Exactly. Uh, I did a bad job at trading and then I missed out on making the episode and 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 sharing the experiences with with all you listeners mm -hmm. uh and then and, 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 and you know uh, messing that hole up and deprive you uh, kyle of your your side of the experience i'll deprive all the listeners deprive myself like yeah yeah i should and i could have just taken fucking three days off yeah. <laughs> but dan, dan the boss was like you can't take days off motherfucker you got money to make and dan the employee's like <laughs> okay okay i'll come into work yeah did, did you have an ugly? My ugly for this week was I flipped a sim to, because sometimes every now and then I feel like I got to just get that out of my system of just going crazy and buying a shitload of contracts and just seeing how high yeah. I can get that daily PNL. Mm -hmm. So when I flipped back to live and made an entry, because I saw a spot that I actually watched and liked. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I still had it on five <laughs> contracts on the buy and didn't realize it. <laughs> I didn't realize when you flipped back from sim, it didn't change that number. So yeah, Didn't I, reset. I accidentally bought five contracts. By the time I realized it, like, oh, fuck, my heart was pounding. I didn't immediately flatten, which I should have. Uh, instead, I just yeah. moved my take profit to one tick and then managed to get out with one tick. But really, that should have been a, 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 a nuke button. I should have nuked it immediately as soon as I saw that. I've been thinking about it, Kyle. And in the 20 plus years we have known each other, mm -hmm. I cannot think of a time I have heard that emotion in your voice that oh shit that panic yeah i've never heard you panic yeah. literally yeah I mean, in over 20 years and and then all of a sudden yeah i, I got to i got to experience it live there in the discord uh, voice chat <laughs> that was some real terrifying <laughs> yeah and there's only five it's contracts like, oh, though i mean like even if i took a you know a point stop loss it's still only 250 bucks that would have been my daily not, daily loss it's, it's not the end of the yeah. world right Right. But that just goes to show that I'm not ready to trade multiple contracts on the, the minis yet, I don't think. Oh, all right. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's wrap this up uh, with a bet. All right. I think I was the biggest loser, right? No. No? Oh, oh okay. Well, 
I'm thinking you probably want to take Visa, and I feel like you found it, so I should let you have it. Because after we looked at that chart, I was like, fuck, that needs to be my bet. <laughs> I did immediately think that, but uh, I've got options. Feel free to take, if you believe in Visa, take well, it. Well, the other thing I was looking at is I've been watching o OCGN just go fucking crazy this last week. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just want to short it above 12 and buy it below 10 and just play that range this week. Oh yeah, look at that. They are they are shooting up. Okay, so if OCGN is above twelve fifty, I'm shorting it. And if it goes below ten, I'm flipping long and I'm just gonna trade it in that range. Okay. Well And except on the earnings day, whenever the Friday happens, I'm out. I'll be out Thursday. You're gonna get out before earnings. Yes. Okay. Seems pretty reasonable. Um you are correct in my impulse of when we loaded up that visa chart, I was like, whoa. This could be a really good bet pick. That definitely went through my brain. And I definitely, Monday, want to look at some uh, some cheap short-term weekly calls just to... Because I don't have much in my Ameritrade anymore. It's all just playing around, yeah. right? Nothing serious. But that's not my bet pick. My bet pick is I am going to, wait for it, Disney short NVIDIA. NVIDIA. Ooh, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. That is dangerous. That's all-time highs. Volume is still increasing. Mm -hmm. Well, ish. It's still going up on the day. Of the they day. had, they had a big four days ago, big day. Nice. I mean, it's it's a tick 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 above average. You got that? Uh, I think I think they're running out of buyers. I think well, this is the week when I look at it on the weekly candle. Remember, that's what that's how I play my bets now. Mm -hmm. uh, I look at the weekly and I try to guess the next candle and. I know this is contrarian. This is ridiculous because they're on a solid four weeks in a row. They've been up. But that's actually what's got me thinking like, okay, now I'm ready to short. Okay. Uh, solid, solid month of, of gains from all the way down from, you know, under 200 to 255. No real pullback. You got a little gap there. No real pullback. Got a gap between got a 239 gap. and 232 that needs to be filled. I am thinking that we're going to suffer from buyer exhaustion here pretty soon. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to short NVIDIA. I've got, uh, I'll have my buy stop at 260. That might be a little tight. Yeah. You're talking about all-time highs. You don't know. I mean, this is moving $6 a day. Oh, that's true. Okay. 265. But you ain't talking me out of any anything higher. Okay. I'll put a, a buy stop at 265. Uh, I'm definitely going to take profit at... Uh, I'll take half profit at 240. Nice. All right, let's uh, let's get a random Spectrum Brand Holdings SPB. That is flagging. Oh well. Wow. Yeah, look at that. And it's, it's got earnings coming up. Uh, not until the 12th, so it'll be the week after. Oh, trading view says it's the eighth, but it could be eight. Does? Uh, yeah. It it kind of just got re rejected off of its. Uh, if it's 52 week high uh, yeah but it also <laughs> is holding support at uh is that around 91 yeah anyway yeah well great great another great random to kick our ass yeah that looks like a nice bull flag <laughs> that's what that looks like yeah it sure does god random has been on fire yeah it really has <laughs> spb <laughs> random and then uh should we talk about uh consequences real quick before we wrap this up since we said we were going to yeah all right so for the month of november since it's a very special month uh is a no shave november also sometimes referred to as movember <sighs> yeah. yeah i think we're both gonna have to have mustaches for the for this month all right yeah get on the discord we'll post some weekly photos of how they're coming uh i already have one so i'll probably just be changing styles around yeah, well, and with your uh, Italian heritage, I've seen you grow a mustache in, in about six hours, so... <laughs> well, the worst, the worst part is i got to get a passport photo for a trip to Germany we're trying to take, so... <laughs> God damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Perfect timing. Son of a Perfect bitch, timing. I knew I should have done it last week. I wanted to get a haircut first. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Oh... Yeah, so there you have it, folks. Randoms made us have mustaches. My least favorite form of facial Mine hair. Mine too. I look myself. so terrible with one. Uh, yeah. 
I have long ass hair, okay? Yeah. And if I see somebody with long hair and a mustache, I immediately think bad yeah. things. I'm like, what is, what's, <laughs> what's wrong with that guy? Right? Uh, uh, anyway, apologies to all the long haired mustachioed men out there. How many times um, does somebody say, oh, sweet mustache, dude? Never heard it in my life. <laughs> well, may maybe in the 80s when it was like Magnum yeah, PI. Yeah, the 1880s. But, but the, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, folks, thanks for sticking around to the end. Uh, we love you all so much, and uh, we'll be coming at, back at you pretty soon here. Yep. And until next time, happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.